0: Yes, the no, yes, yes. <laughs> what?
1: what's up everybody and welcome to the full 40. With Chris, Trevor, and Willie, presented by Homefield Apparel, the podcast that uh, I guess is coming off a basketball game. A game of basketball happened over the weekend. We're going to talk about it. I don't know extra if we had
2: basketball have... happened over the weekend. Double
1: extra basketball actually happened. Um, we probably should have just had basketball and walked away in a much better
2: mood, but <laughs> alas, here we are. Yeah, as um. As all of our economics professors would have said, there's no such thing as a free lunch, and there's no such thing as free basketball. We paid dearly these <laughs> yeah, two periods of overtime. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we deeply paid the price. I mean, I guess like we can start talking about Butler if we really want to, but I feel like there's just a bunch of feelings we gotta get out. Butler was just bad. Like, I mean, we start we start we played 35 minutes of winning basketball. Eh, thirty like thirty, and then we decided, what if we didn't? <laughs> and we the result was a double overtime loss to a Butler team that we should have put away four times throughout the game. And here we are, losers of four out of five, four
0: in five, a row, four in five a out row, of six, four, five out of four, four out of in a six. row,
2: uh, with a number with a top ten team coming tomorrow. Yeah.
0: So things are looking up on the main line. We gotta get into all of this. We definitely do. Yeah, we got a lot to get into today and a lot to cover. Um, you let in with Butler, and that's and and that's fair. To me, the most damning loss of the week was Saint John's. As bad it. as the Butler finish was, and and we gotta and we have to address that, what have you. It was icing on the cake to what St. John's did to us and in my view, what St. John's meant for the program and the season. Because in my view, that game and the way it played out and how listless we were throughout that game changed the tenor of the conversation around
1: the everything. The season. Yeah, the season, yeah. the yeah.
0: season, and as a result, around the coaching.
2: Yep. Popped um, our bubble, I think. Well, yeah. actually, no, Butler popped our bubble. But St. John's put us there.
0: Um, Right. We're now on, we're now in, in most reason, just talking tournament stuff. This is, this is bigger and broader than just, than just the tournament this season. Mm -hmm. But like, yes, objectively, if you look at the bracketology that's been going out today that people are pushing out there, it's like some. People have us last four in, but most everybody has us bubble out at the moment, which is a crazy turn of events given that just weeks ago we were on the sixth line and just fell right out of it. And we still have, like, it's
1: crazy considering, like, obviously the losses are terrible that we have, but like the wins we have... To to date can still go up against anybody's wins in college basketball. They are strong wins. Texas Tech is way better than they were earlier, um, and yet here we are. For I, I, the one I saw most consistently is first four out.
0: Yeah, yeah. On average, too, I yeah. would agree. And this is, is into like this gets into like okay, are we headed in the right direction? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> In any way shape or form yeah. and like whether you we, we want to talk about this season or or the program overall are we headed in the right direction and yeah the answer is obviously no are we heading are we heading even into a stable direction and the answer is still no it's not up it's not it's not right it's not correct and it's and it's been and it's been really bad and candidly and candidly like if you look at the big east if you look at our big east season we have, you can say, "Oh, we have four wins." Well, okay, we beat Creighton on the road, which is great. That's a good win. Yep. Um, we beat Xavier by one, a team that just lost by forty-three at UConn, and then we beat DePaul twice, who just fired their head coach. So, 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 our Big East regular season accomplishments here are are very little. To to, it's not none, but it's very little.
1: I mean, I've been on record all year: Creighton's not good. So I don't, really, I don't love that win either. Like yes. it's going to look good on a resume. Creighton is fatty, like not real value. Like they're not, I'm not calling them fat, but you know.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. I get what you're saying. Yeah.
2: In <laughs> fact, Cockbrenner, you should bulk up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weight room.
0: Um. So, so, so when you look at what, what this season's meant, like, yeah, you, you, you come into the season and you're like, okay, the, I, I'll call it excuse. And we made the excuse So, like, we're like just you know, and Trevor wasn't on it, but I was on it. So, like, I'll just take it. Like, the excuse for last year was that we didn't have an appropriate roster. There were injuries, there were there were there were problems up and down. It wasn't a complete team. It was unfair to judge that team. So, what did we do? We went out and spent a fuck ton of money of NIL to go get to go get four really impactful transfers. And keep and maintain several important key roster pieces to return, to quote unquote, bridge the culture gap, if you will, and and maintain continuity and show stability in the program so that Kyle Neptune can be given in fairness a fair shake with a with a with a talented and experienced roster to go and at the bare minimum, make the NCAA tournament. That was that was it. That was the expect that was the bare minimum expectations. And I can tell you from, from certain DMs and other things that I've gotten over, over the year, I won't release who, but the program itself fundamentally believed that they had a second weekend team entering this season. That is not, I'm not making that up. That is that is that was the, the word and whispers around the program. But that wasn't the expectation. That was just like that was that wasn't the the expectation that you make the second week. And it was a hey, this is you have to make the tournament. A month and a half into the season, it was rocky, but it was it was a tournament team. And on top of that, we had, um, but 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 with that, you had some losses that you really scratched your head about. I, I'm I'm just recapping kind of what we all went through. The Penn loss and the Drexel loss in particular were, were really bad. Yep. But but you said, you know what, we can live with those. When you win at Creighton, when you beat UNC, right, you pick off two two to three of this five-game stretch. And, and, okay, we live with all of that. We move on. Early season, transfers getting buckled in, whatever. Now all these games that we have lost of late go back and make liars out of us and everybody else for last season with the excuses, right, it belies it belies all of the it belies all the things it, this team has gotten progressively worse and all the transfers and most of the players on the team are shooting and playing objectively worse than they have at any other time in their recent past of their career I'll pause <laughs> it's a pretty good summary so so with that then then the question then becomes like where where do we go from here Obviously, we have games. We're going to finish out the rest of the season. And, like, I don't want to hear fucking people talk about, oh, you're not a real fan because you won't support this person or that person or whatever. I don't want to hear that shit. Get out of here with that. Everyone here is going to watch all the games. If you're at, listening to this podcast, you're going to watch all the rest of the games for the whole rest of the season. So, like, I don't want to hear real fan, fake fan, whatever. What what, what we got to talk about, though, is where do, what, what? what's coming? What's next? Because if he isn't... Objectively, in the Nova Sphere, on the hot seat, Kyle Neptune is on the hot seat. This this has yeah. to turn around, and if it doesn't turn around and turn around in a big way, against a very difficult schedule for the rest of the season, he he, he we we gotta we gotta be we gotta move on. Yep.
1: He yeah. I mean, we are just, <clears throat> we're at a crossroads, for lack of a better term. Uh, this is just the time period where it it has to turn around, or there's going to be some really uncomfortable conversations that are. I mean, they're already being had. I'm sure they are already being had, but there's going to be more public conversations that need to be had. There, um, I I don't want to go out and call for his head right now. I it's midseason. We're not going to do the DePaul thing, but this. You don't want to follow DePaul's example, honestly. <laughs> like, there's a lot of DePaul stuff going around uh, on Biggie's Twitter right now. Also, <laughs> uh, I'm okay. I take not, it back, I'm, DePaul. I didn't mean yeah. it. <laughs> uh, I'm not following their example, but um, yeah, it's just it. The seat is hot. Yeah, the seat it's is just on fire. Uh, that's, on fire. that's just what it is. Um, yeah, I have a lot of feelings.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> can we get some things out of the way yeah for, just for a little bit like I, I don't want to hear the comparisons with Jay Wright's second year can we can we stop like like I, we gotta we gotta address this hang right on, now hang on
3: yeah but but Chris why? see like if Jay Wright's second year he'd actually in 500 so it's you know it's a complete apples to apples situation that is identical to exactly what's going on now so you have to be patient or else <laughs>
0: Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Really appreciate that. Brian in orange. Brian yeah, bro, does look good in orange. Brian, I yeah, look Brian you, good in orange. You do, you do look good, Brian. I don't know if Blue Demon Degen will look as good in orange, but Brian looks good in orange. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: Can I just go? Go. All right. So yesterday, I don't know if anyone saw it, but I kind of – I was fired up yesterday. Um, Wildcat Access um, – and, like, nothing against Wildcat Access. I've heard this across a lot of uh, different accounts – Um, basically laid out the scenario of the what if the person was fired before they found their footing and laid out a couple of scenarios that I've heard multiple people call out. So it's not just Wildcat Access, but it's what if MSU fired Izzo after 1997? What if Baylor fired Scott Drew after 2007? What if UVA fired Bennett after 2011? What if UConn fired Hurley after 2020? And what if we
2: fired Jay after 2004? Can I, can I interject really quickly there? The Hurley after 2020 thing is so lazy. So
1: I'm, I, ooh, I'm coming over there. So buckle up because I'm about to go. All right. So we can start with MSU and Izzo in 1997. Izzo had been an assistant coach for about 12 years to that point. It's honestly probably the most like Kyle situation, except for the fact MSU had come off of like two early tournament departures. Like they were like, I think like a six seed and an eight seed. They lost in the first and second round. It wasn't the same thing. It just put, like, heck, Izzo was an assistant who was given a job without being a head coach. Sure. Then we have Baylor firing Scott, or not firing Scott Drew after 2007. This one is the wildest one to me because four years earlier, when Scott Drew came, Baylor quite literally had a murder of a basketball player happen to the team. A, there so were several minutes.
2: people in yeah. orange.
1: Yes. Literally a person was murdered and Scott Drew and came and came and took the job. There's there was no expectations around the Baylor program. Even before this happened, it was 20 years of irrelevance. So there was not a single expectation of also a Scott Drew, Scott Drew, who the year earlier led Valpo to a like 20 win season. That was there was that was some success. We have UVA not firing Bennett after 2011. Tony Bennett had already been to the tournament twice at Washington State. He had coached Clay Thompson. He had coached NBA talent. He had done this before. And also UVA was coming off Dave laid out completely butchering the program for like six years. So cons- once again, not the same. It all
0: comes back to DePaul.
1: <laughs> it all comes back to <laughs> DePaul. UConn not firing Hurley after 2020. Very like... I don't even know how to describe this because Hurley but Hurley's not the coach we should be talking about. And I'm gonna to get to this later. It's Ollie. So after Ali essentially like tanked UConn's program for a little bit, and the AAC had its job, had its level to do with that, them not being the big east, Hurley came back in and Outside of year one, year two immediately had the, the ship righted. Like they weren't a tournament team, but they were in, like you could tell that they were better year two of the AAC. And then they came to the Big
2: East and then they were rolling. Also, and now they, they didn't have the roster expectations, Hurley's they, first and second year. They did not have the roster expectations, but he got the ship on the right and in the right. He's a proven right.
1: program builder. Yeah. And then we go to Jay Wright once again. This is not 2004. And I'm going to get to that eventually. Jay Wright, we didn't fire him after 2004. The expectations around the program were different. Let's call a spade a spade. I understand that this is the same program, but the expectations were different. We had just come off of multiple years of Lapis either taking us to the NIT or losing early in the first round, first or second round. This was not a team that had Big East regular season championship champion uh, expectations, Big East tournament expectations, second round of the tournament expectations. That's not what it was. Jay also had shown more success at Hofstra than Neptune had. And all of these people, and I can't even say all of them. I don't actually know. But we know Jay was on the hot seat from the fans. And he had more backing. He had more in his corner to say that he should have. He had more in his corner. He had the resume. He didn't have the expectations. He had all this stuff. Now, let's take a step back. And I want to give some grace for Kyle here. Kyle came into a situation with a lot of shit expectations. Like, that's just like Kyle. Over the top. Over, over the, the top. top. Yes, over the top. 100%. He should not have done this. But this scenario that we're in isn't the iso conversation. It isn't Drew. It isn't Bennett. It isn't Hurley. It isn't Jay. It's Ollie. It's okay. After Calhoun left, Ollie went, took an underachieving UConn team throughout the regular season, or maybe achieving as they should have been, whatever that got hot with Shabazz Napier and won a title. But this was, that was a Calhoun team. And Ali got five years after that, before UConn was kind of like, it's done. Ali had the grace of winning a title and still only had five years. And if you ask any UConn fan, I would like, they would say, we should have gotten rid of Ali two to three years earlier. So the question to the Nova nation is, is this move that we're doing, is it Ali, or is it Izzo? If you really believe that Kyle can become Tom Tom Izzo, then, okay, we'll go down that path and we'll take that. But realistically, those are the two paths you're looking at. Is it, uh, this is just a young assistant who's get who's earning his stripes and going forward? Or are we walking into a Kevin Ollie situation? That's one thing. Then there's the section of fans, and I'm trying to wrap this up as quickly as possible. Keep going. Uh, I'm going. Then there's the section of fans that feel like, and to a, to credit, feel like Villanova does not do this. Villanova doesn't shake the boat. Villanova, this is against how Villanova acts. They will never do this and are kind of smug about what are you asking for? Who should come? Who should we hire? Whatever it may be, Villanova doesn't do this. You're right. Villanova doesn't do this historically. But this is a different time. It is 2024. It's not 2003, 2004. It's not 1978, 79 when we hired Roly whenever year that was. Villanova doesn't do things that way. I completely understand that. For everybody who's listening here, everyone on this pod, someone in your life or you went to Villanova, you understand the kind of community, the family feel, like you understand what it means to be a Villanova. Everyone here know, like I think knows that if you love this program, you understand that. Villanova has given me so much as like a per, just as a person, like being very real here. Everything that's like beautiful and good in my life I can look back and check at Villanova, like Villanova University, everything about the person I am that I'm happy about came from, has come and was grown at Villanova. I love that school and I love this program with all my heart and soul, but you cannot love something and not want it to grow. And that's what this is. There are people who think this program is perfect as it is, and this is a program that needs to grow. You cannot allow it not to grow. And that's where I think people need to look in the mirror and Villanova as a university needs to recognize this moment for what it is. If we are 10 toes down behind Izzo, I would like to hear Mark Jackson say that, or behind, sorry, behind Neptune. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, if we're we're 10 toes down and we think Neptune is the next guy and we are committing to him, I would love to hear that and back what you believe. But if we think this is an Ali situation, I think Villanova needs to recognize this moment for what it is and rise to that occasion. That's all I want to say.
0: I'll, I'm just going to bounce off of that a little bit because I, Willie, I appreciate that. I really liked your your the moment that you had there about Villanova brought a tear to my eye. <laughs> um, but it's true, and and I, I agree with the point. I, I Villanova has always we made this point uh, like Villanova's always shown patience. Um, but Villanova always hasn't spent three million dollars on a roster. Villanova, for all of the, um, for all of the time that we've spent in the Big East, when the Big East has been really good, I don't know if there's a collection of coaches. I'm 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 probably overstating it, but when you figure in the double round robin. This collection of coaches in the conference is really good. Like you can get eaten alive in this conference right now without without a really top quality head coach. I mean, just go down the names: Patino, Hurley, right? Like, and then you go down even to like the Millers and the and the McDermotts of the world. I'll even throw Ed Cooley, who's been to his Sweet Sixteen. The amount of coaches that have made second weekends in this conference is crazy, and you have to play Marcus all smart. of them.
2: We have we have three Final Four coaches. Two national champion coaches, yeah. Like it, it's and
0: and you have to. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary business, right? Like, and you have to, um, and you have to play these teams at least twice a year. Like, these guys have a book on everybody. Everyone's got a book on everybody else. So, so the problem is this: is that Shaheen Holloway, who took over from Willard, who took over an objectively worse situation, seems to have Seton Hall kind of. Beating expectations in year two, yeah, we beat them twice last year, but like pretty much beating expectations in year two. I think actually Shaheen Holloway is a decent comparison. Shaheen Holloway is going to have a longer runway at Seton Hall than than Kyle should have at, at yeah, Villanova. Yeah, and he has
2: fewer resources that he's working with. If you're to trust what you've been hearing about Seton Hall's NIL situation yeah. and just just historically Villanova versus Seton Hall in terms of recruiting resources and, and facilities and
0: tradition, yeah. <laughs> fewer Nil resources but but Shaheen Holloway gets a gets a gets a gets a bit of runway because guess what he took St Peter's and beat like Kentucky and Purdue and 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 everybody else in that NCAA tournament made elite eight so guess what you get runway when you've proven yourself and this is the problem is like is like you said Willie you want to give grace to to Kyle Neptune I, I I think that we all need to give grace and the grace that we need to give is basically saying, should we have done this to begin with? Like, like, is that was it fair? Because we, we if we can, this guy, this guy's career is like, my, is like my um
2: my comment on that is I don't know if it would have been fair to anyone, any right new head coach, but the fact that you look back at it and, and again, it's it's stuff that I've been seeing. Like he had a five hundred season at Fordham, which was an improvement from where he was. He basically had to rebuild a roster in an off season before it was an IL time. um, And that was the best season Fordham had had in a really long time and teams playing well since, or at least they were last year. Um, I don't know if anybody was going to walk into the final four team that lost to all time program guys, the best leader in the last 20 years, according to Jay Wright. Um, Just, guys yep. that dragged that team to success um, and be able to replicate any semblance of, you know, you can look at la- the injuries and, and the bad luck that we had, but, you know, you put any other coach in there, like it might not be all that different. Um, but I agree with like, this is not good for a first time head coach.
0: It's, it's just a really difficult situation in this conference, in this league, because what happened is, look, the, the schedule that Jay had to play until the very end was, I mean, UConn wasn't a national championship and not even in the, we played them, but we, they weren't even in the conference, right? Like, like you didn't have Miller at, at, um, at Xavier. You certainly didn't have Patino at St. John's. You had Mullen who couldn't coach his way out of a paper bag. You had Ewing for for a good chunk of that time. Um, and, and look, so like everyone in the Big East has has like leveled up because because we we leveled up the conference yeah. after after the breakdown and everyone said fuck i gotta keep pace with villanova and then villanova didn't decide to keep pace with villanova
2: they did in some regards i will yeah. say, like we yeah. we ponied up the nil money we right. gave the resources there it was just but that's botched it
1: that's not the program like, I, know. I know like to an extent like that, the, NI that there's a level of like, yes, like Ashley and Randy did a good job of getting NIL buddy, but like they 20%. technically weren't the program last year. Like they weren't right. the part of the program. This was the, this is the fans recognizing the moment and recognizing like, there's a level of like, I, I guess the question is like, who do we think we are? who Who, who does Villanova <laughs> want to be? Because like, Historically, once again, this is a program that has been a winner that went to the final fours, final four in seventy and eighty, and two in the two thousands twice in the twenty tens, and once in the twenties. Like they have been, and sorry, in nineteen thirty nine as well. Once we were in the first round, <laughs> won a four. game. <laughs> we were in the first final four. Yes, we won, we won a game, but you know, no needs to know that. Um, so we've done this before. We have been his, historically consistently a brand in college basketball. Like, yeah, we haven't been, like, the, I mean, I guess UNC is probably the strongest or Kentucky is the strongest because they have the most history and most modern. We haven't been that. But, like, we are just a rung below that. We need to act like that. And yeah. act like that, I'm not saying, once again, I am not saying we need to go out and can Kyle and do whatever. But it's just, like, recognize, like, what do we, like, what do we think this program is? If we think this program to, like, take, uh, like, uh mid-major madness thing it's villanova a mid-major program when they were talking about the big east like in the early 2015s uh, like or in the middle of that run because it was just us and then a bunch of other teams kind of trying to keep pace with us like if that's what we are let everyone know so that the nil dollars can go down because we're not throwing those nil dollars the fans have recognized times have changed and have recognized if we're going to roster build you might need to have a strong NIL base to just not even to build a whole team off of NIL. Like I don't think anybody at Villanova wants that. I don't want that. I think like to give Kyle credit, I like our recruits coming in from from what I can like recruits right now. Like I like them coming in. NIL should be used to fill in those (laughs) gaps, but it's if we're recognizing that, okay, we have NIL to fill in gaps for players. I think we should also recognize we have money, we have the ability, we have the name to fill in gaps in coaching if we really believe that there's a gap in coaching. And that's what I'm worried about is like, I don't know, do we believe that? Because the last, just throw away the rest of this, the last 18 months, the last month has told you that there's a gap in coaching. Just like, that's just what it is.
0: It, it, it's it just is what it is. And, and, and look, <laughs> nothing to say bad about the guy, honestly. Like, wow. like, honestly, he's been a, he's been an awesome representative for the school, um, for the entire period of his assistantship. He came in, he walked into an impossible situation with, to the point, impossible expectations, impossible expectations was, when he took it yeah. over. Like, what should the expectations for Villanova be? Cause you, you said that Willie, like, what should they be? I, like, I, I, I have my belief on this. I think Villanova uh, is the type of program that should consistently knock on the door of a, of a second weekend. Yeah. Right. Like, like
1: I either want to see a sweet 16 or I want to be upset that we lost in the first or second round. Like right. that's what it should, we should either be getting upset and being like, fuck, why did we just lose to Valpo as a four 13 game? Or we should be in the sweet 16 or like, all right, maybe it's a down year and it's like, all right, cool. We lost in the six seed. Like that happens. Like I'm not expecting like consistent, but like, Something in those realms is the should be the expectation for this program, and if we are not consistent, minimum expectation, minimum expectation. Yeah, um, if we are not doing that, if we're not a just a blanket cover, if we're not a top six level seed most years, I we are missing expectations. And once again, I'm not saying we have to be a top six every year, maybe there's one year that's eight, maybe there's one year it's four, and you even out like whatever it looks like, that's the expectations, that's what it should be, and we are not rowing in that direction right now. No. Period. Just, I'm not, there's, I I don't, I think even the most positive of people, we say we're just not rowing in that direction. And I don't know what people have seen empirically from this team right now, from this program over the last 20-ish months that says, oh no, but we're not there, but we're rowing there. Atlantis was a strong start. And then we literally immediately shit the bed. That's
0: all, okay. I have. all right. We want to pause. Yeah. That,
2: we'll uh, transition to a quick ad break. Talk to.
1: What's up, you guys? What's up, everybody? We are fast approaching March Madness, and I want to make sure that you, your friends, and your family are all ready for that. So how do we do that? Well, we go to homefieldapparel.com and utilizing the promo code NOVAINSIDER, you're going to be able to go buy hoodies, t-shirts, shorts, all with the newest logos and the old retro logos that you love for all your favorite schools. It can be Villanova, or it could be St. John's, it could be Seton Hall, it could be Clemson, wherever you go to school, wherever your loved ones go to school. Go to homefieldapparel.com, utilize promo code NOVAINSIDER for 15% off your first purchase. Trust me, you're not going to regret it.
0: We're back. We're so still back. <laughs> <laughs> Lost my
2: train of thought there. Um, <laughs> we, um, Do we want to keep going on this or do we talk about how tomorrow might be ugly too? Uh, we can leave tomorrow for
1: another podcast. I oh, don't <laughs>
0: We'll probably space tomorrow. I know yeah. people have been clamoring for, for spaces. Um, we'll probably space. Um, me, Trevor, Brian will all be in attendance uh, at the Finn. We're going to pack the Fin tomorrow. We're going to listen to Ryan Hartnett, and we're going to scream at the top of our lungs, and and we're going to cheer on the team. But then we'll do spaces on the way back. Um I'll cheer a, on
2: the team where yeah. we might scream at the top of our lungs again
0: um, <laughs> we're going to scream at the top of our lungs <laughs> it might sound different than, yeah, than yeah. you might want it to sound but we're going to scream
2: so is there a, any part of this where we we also kind of like again I don't I don't like singling guys out or anything like that but like where what point do you kind of look and say like you know this isn't really villanova basketball that we're watching like yep, i know part of that is the coaching but i think we're at that point too where it's like these guys just fundamentally aren't doing what we need
0: maybe start with maybe not not to like do a shit sandwich here but like yeah. do we do we do we start with a couple guys who we think who have exemplified what we expect and then yeah, so, so you could juxtapose
2: and and don't get me wrong here like everybody has had their moments this year um, but I, w- I would say just, just mainly, um, sometimes there just seems to be like a lack of accountability, which you could point it as a coaching and staff issue. But the best things about our championship teams, our final four teams, is we had guys like Ryan Archidiakino, you know, Jalen Brunson, Colin Dale Bridges, Josh Hart. You know, we had these guys, Colin, who was, a, you know, the glowing example of this, who played with some of the guys that are on the current roster about like making sure that everybody's locked in and ready to go. Um, and I just, you don't really see that um, as much.
0: Yeah. So, so the guys who I, who I look to as, as leaders on this team, like obviously Eric Dixon has been, I mean, like we might have five wins with, without Eric Dixon, like, yeah, yeah. like legit. He has been that impactful to us. And he's been that impactful to the program the entire time he's here and, and his parents and family um as well. Like when you when Dixon has a bad game, it's a shock. It's a it's yeah. a legitimate shock when he has he a had bad
1: game. Two bad games to begin the year for us. We were kind of like, all right, you gotta figure this out, Eric. And he did. He like lit yeah. up UNC. He's been fantastic ever since.
0: Yeah. He is he's been phenomenal. Um I just want to call out he hasn't always been great from a scoring standpoint, but TJ Bamba plays Villanova basketball. Sure. Like straight yeah. up. Like the guy is it, it's kind of weird because like he just transferred in this year. And like it's 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 almost like a weird, like, like, oh, I don't even like when some people say, Oh, well, you, you gotta take time to gel the transfers. TJ Bamba played Villanova basketball from like the first moment the ball was tipped yeah, in the, he, in the he, first
2: game. He feels like he's been here the whole time, kind of thing, like yeah. one of those transfers that's like um like Eric Pascal or Caleb Daniels, like just and Dylan Ennis too, that they came in and it was like, oh, this guy could have played here his entire career and yep. we wouldn't have noticed. We would have noticed when Dylan was 28 and suiting up, but um, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, TJ's been awesome. You see moments in a lot of the guys, like, you know, Mark had a three-game stretch this year that he was improving every game and really looked like he was taking control of, of his role and responsibilities, and then there's the St. John's game and, and, and a couple other instances where it's just like, and and part of that is, is some of, I think his use and his rotation, um, and the playing time. But, um, you do see a lot of moments from a lot of guys, but it's, I would say Eric and TJ have been most consistent.
0: Yeah. I think Hart, Hart, Hart earned his, Hart earned his starting role. Yeah. Yeah. When he earned it a while ago, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was right. And and I actually agreed with it. The funny thing is I happen to agree with what Kyle did there. Like yeah, inserting yeah. Hart into the starting lineup and then using Armstrong as a microwave off the bench was like talk about like Villanova basketball coaching decisions. That was actually like one that of was the good one. Yeah, yeah, that's like what we've always done: bring a point guard off the bench that that can
1: heat it up. And to be fair, we jumped out to a what seventeen to four lead. Like yeah. whatever the score was, eleven. We started eleven. Like that was a it worked. Yeah, we just didn't finish, which like I think gets to like some of the players and some of the stuff that we just like. Haven't seen, I don't know. Like, I love him for everything he's done for the program. Um, Justin has been present he's clearly, not
2: best. 100%. He's clearly yeah, not 100%. Yeah. Or, he's been, or we clearly had jaded expectations of where he might be coming yeah. off of his injury.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I said present at best in the way that, like, he hasn't, I don't think he's put his fingerprints truly across. I'm not, I'm going back from my head any game this year. He's either been like fine. Like I guess one um, UConn was like probably his best. He performer. put
0: his fingerprints on the back of UConn players. And that's yeah. why they lost the game. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> oh, uh-huh.
2: You're right. There has not been like a vintage, yeah. of, you know, Justin Moore take over time. He, he shot the ball really well. Again, like, you know, you can't count the ball. Um, yeah, he, yeah. No. And there even
0: was last year. There was a the yeah. Xavier game where it was a Justin Moore game where it was yeah. yeah. So and that's what I get. Like he might not
1: be a hundred percent.
2: And I thought I, I sorry to cut you off, but I I thought it was very clear in overtime and double overtime that he just had no legs. Um, which which
0: I wish you as would as have recognized. Team. I yeah, wish you yeah. would have recognized that no Him, one would have dogged
2: or the coaches to just be, okay, if you're going to stay out, just facilitate. Get, get
0: Eric the ball. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> By facilitate, I mean give Eric Dixon the fucking basketball. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just, Eric deserves better. I don't know that's just where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a, a lot we a lot deserve better, but yeah, just like he hasn't impacted the way that we hoped. And maybe it's on us for just too much of expectations, but I don't think that's, I have a tough time buying that with everything that we've seen him do up until the Achilles injury. And it might just be the Achilles injury really just threw him off that much. And, like, hey, he's earned – he he was. he's been a great Villanova basketball player. It's just this, for the finish of his career, is not the way you want to see. It's not representative of it's him, not representative. where
2: he was and where he was going pre-injury.
1: And that's. I think that's a thing maybe we've become, like, spoiled with. But, like, so many of them have finished their careers just, like, with a bang. Story you know, Colin yeah, yeah. yeah, like literally I mean I, I, Colin and Jermaine didn't get the f- title, which like it, it sucks, but it almost makes it more makes more sense that they couldn't win a title, but like col- it was Colin and I mean and Jermaine, let's really give him credit. Like Jermaine showed up so big in the 2022 tournament. Like which, that was him recognizing the moment and being like it's we're not losing this game. And like we got to the final four. Of that Colin did that. We saw Scotty do it. We've seen Jalen do it. We've seen like Dante, M- uh, Dante. Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah, yeah. Um, people just finishing the moment. And maybe Justin's tired. Maybe it is. But like it, for what it is, it's just like it hasn't. And it's not even that he's played terribly. It's just that we're sitting there. And we're like, there's more here. Like huh, no pun intended. <laughs> 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 but there's more here. We know it because we've seen it. And it's just like. Is this just gone for good and like it's not whatever? Or is there a lack of
2: we'll say focus? He yep, is coming off the knee sprain, um, which you know we know nothing about our team's injuries, which that's another point. Again, don't get Chris frustration. Um, I mean the non njoku thing. No, no, like, it was your season, man. I was I was hoping for it. Um but also side note, we're mentioning Colin and Jermaine. Shout out to them. They're gonna be at the all star yep. weekend for the G League showcase. Yep. Um, Collins almost averaging a triple double in the G League. Oh,
0: uh, do,
1: that's just, for you, Brian. That's for you, gonna,
0: Brian.
2: If we're gonna
1: do uh, combos, I mean Dante and Jalen just had a great game. Literally, like yeah, the Knicks started three Villanova players and won by twenty. So you know, Josh almost had a triple double that game.
2: <laughs>
0: Stop looking away over there. I want to focus on this. I <laughs> we know. About- Look, you <laughs> got
2: to bring some levity back to the situation. Like, <laughs> no. I, I In in when we've been playing like this, the great thing about Villanova basketball is you can go and watch, you know, all your favorite players and play in the NBA, which is fun. Um, but yeah, it's. Um,
1: I don't know. I mean, we have a cool, a request, and it's actually the next person I wanted to talk about uh novo alerts ask can we get our thoughts on lance Ware?
2: uh so for what he's allegedly being paid via nil like yes underperforming um again i i don't know what we were, we we were all excited when he signed with this team don't get it wrong we were Providence was rumored to get him and we kind of swooped in at the 11th hour and I think for the most part everybody was like that's how you do NIL. Brian were, all ex-
3: were we all excited? <laughs> Brian would like me to tell everybody
2: that he was right. You know what? Here's no, the thing. You didn't
3: say thing. You said we're all excited. I wasn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> First of York, all, we... We, let, let's talk about one thing though with the Lance Ware thing because everyone like you looked at his numbers at Kentucky and it wasn't like, oh wow, this guy is no. No.
2: But yeah. Coach Calipari was like, that's one of the best leaders I've ever had. And I right. might say more about Kentucky leadership. Well, <laughs> he could be a great, don't get me wrong. Like, I have, there's been nothing to indicate that he isn't a great lead. You know, it's just yeah. on the court has not been matching what I think we were expecting. And, um, but you only heard good things about him coming in, but there just never were the numbers to back it up. It's just been. Really tough having him as the only backup option after Njoku went so, down.
1: So my thing with this is like with Lance, it's not even like the numbers. Like I, Lance could put up zero, zero, and 0 need one to put up hands.
2: offensive numbers. But bro. it's
1: just like you can tell the immediately when he gets in, they're going to the rim. There's a bucket. There's a run. That just it cor- correlation or causation. I'll put my I'll sit on my hands. <laughs> but like when he comes in, runs tend to happen. And that's just like not what we've ever expected from uh like fr- just like from our backup big. Like you expect him to play with energy, to play with force. Like, yeah, they might not score a basket. And Lance plays with energy. I'll he, give him that. I don't wanna it's I don't know Miss mispurpose energy. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was just gonna say he plays he plays hard. He just plays like um he just he plays, plays like an eleven year old. Yeah, he plays, plays with
2: the zoomies.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's just all over he's everywhere when, and nowhere. When,
2: When Hakeem Hart had the Butler center (laughs) isolated under the basket and Lance wasn't in the game, I was expecting him to run off the bench and and (laughs) shove Hakeem out of the way. And (laughs) Just my favorite uh, moment of the season.
1: We've just seen backup bigs, like, play with energy. Like, I mean, Daryl Reynolds Reynolds, was, like, Dada. Like, they were such great backup bigs. Like, and they played with energy. They rebounded. Like, even when he was young. Yeah, even, like, though, like, they probably, like, Lance is more mobile than all of them. They all switched and, like, did better, like, switching than, like, he did. Like, Dada was the MVP of the um, Advocare International Tournament. People forget. People forget. He, like, destroyed Florida State. And, like, so there's just, like, this level of, like, it's just, like, it's less about the stats with him. It's just, like, the impact. And, like, we've just seen their a myriad of bench centers across the nation, across just even in the big East that we've seen play with like force and play with energy yep. and play in a way that's like, okay, we're not, they're not the ship. of the ship. Isn't sinking the second they come in.
0: Nova alerts it, is, is on us to talk about. CBS yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, to echo the only thing we ever hear from the team, like we're, we're focused on defense and rebounding. So if he did nothing else, you want him to defend and rebound, and he just is yeah. not capable. Of de- Granted, the Big East has some of the best centers in the country. Yeah, you know, but I mean, we haven't played. Uh, we only, I guess, Klingon was kind of kind of a factor. He he was coming off an injury. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he killed us, though. Lance Ware did, um, but. <laughs> It's the Big East has a really tough rotation of centers. Like there's five or six of them that may have an argument for being all Big East, and like, it's just yeah. it's tough to just leak points like that the second R sits down. Yeah, I know you're yeah. trying to count who they are in your head. No, role.
1: I'm just trying to see. I'm like off the top of my head. Does any center or does any conference have just like better centers from top to bottom? I don't, I don't, no. Uh, no,
0: no, 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 from no. top to bottom. Like obviously, like yeah, Dickinson's no.
1: at Kansas State or Kansas. Uh, Edie's at Purdue, but top to Kansas bottom. Kansas is like, having a bad year with him. At least like the top problems. six centers in this like league are legitimately really like great centers.
0: I got news for you. I mean, look, everyone watched that Providence Georgetown game the other day. I thought Supreme Cook and and Odoro were awesome. Oh, we are
2: going to get out rebounded by fifty when we play Georgetown.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, no hundred. I've already in my head decide that we're losing at least once to Georgetown this year. I've already like it's already like rattling around there. Like if if Georgetown plays, the emotion around the game is not going to be nearly what it was. But if Georgetown plays like they did versus Providence, they're going to beat us in DC with how we've been coming out in games. Like, I might go to that game. Like Epps is like like Epps is a bucket. And and Cook is and Cook's gonna cook Lanceware. <laughs> like I mean, call it what it's called, spade a spade. Right? Like call a like, chef a chef. But and 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 Cooley is gonna out the game like like that much more. I mean he had a deficit of talent on the floor at first Providence, and I thought he schemed that game as good as he could given all the things that were around the program, you know, in that whole situation, I thought he coached his ass off the other day. So like, not that I don't want to give a lot of credit to him, but like, yeah, and I mean, he
2: coached a great game with worrying about, you know, a potential defamation lawsuit. <laughs>
0: um, going to look good in orange, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, so look, I mean, when you, I, I guess I'm trying to circle it back to yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. When you see a whole team, that's like, where, where you're like, yeah, you could point out a couple of players who've been really good consistently and you could point out, but you point out a lot of players, and you keep saying the word flashes. Flashes is something that you expect from a freshman or maybe a young sophomore, right? Yeah, like Chris, this are we is like, an old team? Yeah. Like they, maybe the oldest, one of the oldest in D1, right? And with with carryover leadership from from yeah. from the quote unquote J Wright era, right? Like like carryover leadership. So like when you get through all of that, what changed? <laughs> and it's not. It, and like and so I, I want to put a bow on the the whole thing. Is like, hey, I, I said this Monday before. And we've had our our discussions before about this. But like when the whole team shoots worse than it was before, it's the coaching. and like it's like really annoying to say that because it's like people like well the coach doesn't shoot the basketball i get that but we're not putting anyone in good positions we're not we're not making anyone more successful we're not giving people confidence like and we're not and and like you go to the timeouts in the huddle you go like the in the huddle thing (laughs) go 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 (laughs) bring bring up the Mata thing yeah yeah thad Mata in the in the huddle segment on the in the butler game the other day was like he looked at the game with 12 minutes left we're a pretty solidly at that point and said, guys, we're going to win this game. Like you just you keep that positive thought in your head, right? Like gassing his players up into one extent, but to the other extent he's looking at the game and he's an experienced coach and saying like, we're just not hitting shots. Like the action is the action is going to, is going to eventually swing our way. And boy, did it swing their way. But like, but like he just looked at it and said, we're outplaying them. We're, we're straight about playing these guys right now. Like keep the positive thoughts in your head and we're going to win this game. And, and, and he was fucking dead. Right. Right. Like, and you go to every single time that, that Neptune's in the huddle with these guys. We could be on like a seven, we could be on a twelve nothing run against us, which has been happened many a times this season. And and of course it wouldn't call timeout at seven oh, it would be called a at twelve oh. But like twelve oh run against us, and he's sitting there and he's like, guys, you gotta get back. And I'm like, can we scheme an offensive set? There was
2: there was a period of time in the butler game that we had made four of our Last five shots, and Butler was on a fourteen to five run. <laughs> that, that, reminds, a, that was a. I don't even know how that happened. Tommy scoop stat
0: <laughs> doesn't make sense. How do you make four shots? That and math, math is points? not mathing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that math didn't work right.
2: No, it. it, it that was Tommy's stat. <laughs>
0: sure. So you can't come
2: at me. I will. I will show you the receipt. But that was the stat. <laughs>
0: But but I mean like it's it that it just comes back to it to me it comes back to like hey like the the fish stinks from the head like it, at yeah. some point it is it, it it is the the buck stops at somebody and the buck stops with Kyle Neptune yeah and and so like look we got a game we got like I mean every game a lot of games are must wins right now we got Marquette and Providence have, and um, if we and can battle off
1: four straight we can afford to lose one but like. Like as of right now, like the next four, we have to win four in a row before we're like, all right, maybe we can lose a game. Uh, And I don't feel confident in that. I'm just, I don't really feel confident in that. Nothing about, nothing about the way the team has played since Creighton, since.
0: Uh, nothing it's about DePaul. the it Paul since Christmas. Like,
1: How about that? 30 minutes, it's
0: Christmas, yeah.
2: The Yukon game.
0: Yeah. And like you once again to like,
2: which 30 I was, minutes. Yeah. I was
1: bullish in the Yukon game. One mainly because I kind of thought we needed that win, and I thought we would step up to the moment. And we like sort of I I'm not even we stepped up to the moment. UConn's just that good, like whatever. Um but it was la-
2: it's less of the Yukon game, and it just gets to like
1: St. John's is
2: bad.
0: St. John's Saint was John's been, games. And the Marquette came. Yeah. Can I, oh.
2: can I quickly explain the 14 to 5 thing? It was because our previous five shots or our previous four shots that we had made were so far apart that that was like huh. it <laughs> works out. Like it just depends <laughs> on when you start the clock. But our our four makes were so long ago that we had only scored 5 points in the time that Butler scored 14. is, is the explanation.
0: Um, Got it. Okay. I was going
2: to tweet it, but it's more complicated. It's <laughs> to just say it out loud. <laughs> anyway, St. John's was depressing. Um, it was, I mean, that
1: was one of the more embarrassing losses that we have had. Like, I, I don't even, like, Marquette, I think Mar- Marquette's just good. They schemed us, they back cut us to hell. They showed, like, they showed the softness. Uh, But we played, like, the, I just said this in the chat, and I kind of want to, like, Marquette. We played soft, like just defensively. We had like soft coverage, and they were cutting us up and all that stuff. During St. John's, we were soft, like we just got bullied. We were. It was a game at the. It was like you know. It was fine. It was close, and then St. John's came out in the second half and was like, "Fuck this!" punched us in the face, and we said, "Mm, "I don't think we'll. I don't think we'll play again." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just like took it, and that was just. That was a game where we called it out on um with on the on the spaces with the St. Johns guys of like this is a game once again that both teams need to win. And one team played like they needed to win and the other team kind of was like, this is a walkthrough. And I would I just wanna see us play like play like it fucking matters to you. Yeah. That's that's just what it is.
0: Uh, like that that game against St. John, I, I said I led off with this, but that game against St. John's changed the whole conversation for me.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Like it changed the whole conversation for me because I that was jarring as as a Villanova. Even last year's team fucking competed their face off every game. Like were they worse? They were just straight up worse than some teams. But there was pride. There was no pride in that St. John's game. It was a disgrace. Like straight up, it was a disgrace. Yeah, it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a bomb. Joseph was right. <laughs> 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 but like, but like it was. It was it was truly it was it was terrible. Um and it was bad at the pavilion, but it was but at MSG under the brightest lights and the biggest stage, just a total a total embarrassment of the program. I think and everything that we've done to build it. I think me, I said not the, me. I didn't yeah. do shit. You get my point.
1: I, I think I said this in the beginning of the year. And if not, I'm going to repeat it now. Like the way I've typically watched, like I watch basketball, like college basketball, is you get an idea of who the team is in a non-conference. That's like you would get an understanding of what this team is. And what we saw was an inconsistent team, but a team that could be a one-seed. Because UNC is well on its way to becoming a one-seed, or at least a two-seed. Like we've seen we saw that level. We saw a team that could do that. That's where I've been all season of like, we're probably like the biggest eight seed in the world. Like we're inconsistent, but we have a high like ceiling, low floor, we could do whatever. What I've always believed is this the early January stretch, like January through February of your conference team. You get an understanding of who your team is in the beginning of the year. This is where your team is like, what are we going to be? Like, this is that chance where that your team puts into writing, puts into stone like. This is where the season is made. I don't think the season's made at the end of February. The season is made right here in the thick of things in the first tranche that we're here right then. Um, This is where the season is made, and we're squandering it. And like we will be able, maybe we'll be able to come back and we'll bounce back and we'll start playing like the team we saw in Atlantis and we'll rip off seven out of ten and we'll end up back like on the right side of the bubble and all that stuff. Maybe that show like shows itself, but. I think this team is showing who they are and the guts that they have right now and it's not much. And it's disappointing because this team should be so much better. There is no reason for the team to be playing to this level. There's just not. And we're miss like there's just no reason the team should be playing this level. To your point Chris, if every single person on the team, maybe San's Eric Dixon Playing worse than they did last year, you gotta look like as it, you gotta look somewhere else. You gotta look to the head of the ship, oh, like
0: and, and and you're 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 just putting up listless performances, poorly coached performances. Where like you know Marquette's going to go up tempo. You know that you're at home. Like you know that they're at home. You got to You got to turn that into a rock fight. You know all that stuff's going to happen, right? Like culture of the program stuff, right? Like like this team can't jump stop bounce pass out of a like to save its life and so and so when you talk about oh well kyle is this continuity hire we want to keep the culture going whatever what culture it's it's not showing
1: in the court the reason you hired kyle is gone like the culture is just and like the culture wasn't like i think there's a level of like was the culture. i think i said this i said this on a podcast was the culture winning or is there something else in the culture it both both And both are gone. Like, we're not playing that way. We are jump-stopping, and, like, we pivot, but, like, not with a purpose. We're doing it because it's been drilled into us, and then we get there. And if the the immediate read isn't open, no player knows what they're doing in that situation. So it's just, like, we are – I don't know. Chris, you said it great. Like, if Kyle's a continuity hire, the continuity is kind of fucked up right now. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hey – Everything else aside, we thought we'd keep the continuity. Like, and once again, I'm not in the locker room. I am sure every single one of those guys fucking loves their teammates. I'm sure, like, from that vibe, there's no issues at all. We haven't heard anything to that array. I think, and I think they're all fucking great players, great human beings, gonna go do great things on a basketball court or whatever they wanna go do in their life. But they're not doing great things on the basketball court in 2024 <laughs> as no. a unit.
0: No. So I to so this is so this week I mean like we didn't even pre- we didn't even prep Marquette. I mean we played them already. And like Providence, I mean, you got Odoro, you got you got you got an upstart program there that's kind of unfortunately floundering because of losing Bryce Hopkins. But but candidly, I, I I'm not even like all that interested in the previews. Like to me like if this team's going to go down, at least fucking go down swinging. Like like and that's like the biggest point that I want to make. Like show me this is show me time now. Like, like not show me in the terms of, show me in the terms of like, are you going to make turn? Go down swinging. Play your fucking ass off and go down swinging. Because like, if you don't, like, I mean, look, I don't make the decisions around right here. But like, but like Mark Jackson does. And by the way, he's got a fucking decision to make. Right? Like at the, at the end of all of this. Yep. Like, right? Like, and, and he might have to make a different decision than he has made in every other hiring decision except one. And that's hire someone outside of the Villanova family. But like, but like at the end of all of this, but, but if you're playing for your teammates, those who came before us, each other hard, smart together, like go do all those things now and do it. Like everyone's life depends on it for, for a month and a half because it's going to take that and, and then some to, to turn this thing, to turn this ship back around and get this and land the plane somehow with the season.
1: This, I'm not even out there. I, like, we, this team is better than they've been playing. It's So, I'm not even at the, like, show heart and stuff, because I'm just like, you are better than this. <laughs> we are better than this. I'm not saying this team is a, like, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, this team is a, a four seed. Like, like, I'm not going that far, but this team is better than that. Fucking show up. Show up for I won't even give you 40 minutes. Show up for 37 minutes. If we lose because of a 30 <laughs> 35 minute, wasn't good enough, yeah. we need
2: at least 36,
1: 37. Show up For 37 minutes. And if we can do that and win games, I will like at the end of the day, winning cures everything, and we're not winning. And like, I think there's a level of like, are we were we spoiled? Yes, we were spoiled You're for the expectation. Spoiled. Expectation for final fours and all that stuff. The expectation of being 19 and 12, 20 and 11, 21 and tw- 21 and 10 and being a solid tournament team, that's not being spoiled. If that's if Villanova's not that, if that's not what Villanova's like ultimate goal is, then I don't know what the fuck the last 60 years of Villanova basketball has been. It must have been a fucking aberration because for the last 60 general years, we've been that and we're not that right now.
2: I was
0: just yeah, as always. Let let's it go over for a little bit. <laughs> no,
2: I just wanted to let it simmer for a little bit because I wanted to transition into something a little more uh, lighthearted to wrap up. I need a, cup. Um, I need a
1: cigarette. Time see.
2: to talk about our <laughs> our uh, our wildcat of the week, our random wildcat of the week, and and for that we'll bring it back to someone who who was a part of all that that Willie was just so passionately describing. Um, a six foot seven forward from Brooklyn, New York, Curtis Sumter. Ooh, Let's talk Curtis Sumpter, who just to it's it's kind of a unique story with him just because he unfortunately like ushered in what became like Villanova basketball. Um his injuries forced Jay as as everybody knows like the small ball revolution everything happened. Um and people pointed at Jay Wright as one of the pioneers and that was due to necessity of Curtis Sumter, who was Playing at an all Big East level, just he, his knees kept blowing up, and Jay was forced to go with the four guard lineup, and uh, the rest, as we know, is is history. But let's talk a little bit about Curtis. If I was on Twitter at
1: that, or Twitter existed, or I may have even existed, but if I was on Twitter, I know I've been very like. There's a lot of players that have been like, this person is an NBA basketball player. Curtis Sumter was an NBA player, and that goddamn knee injury took away an NBA career from that man. He absolutely – I just, like, I I think – I honestly think Curtis Sumter is, like, a perfect modern, like, wing. And, like, he was honestly kind of ahead of his time as a player. Uh, Super, like – Super effective. Uh, I don't even know, like, what the stats was. all Big East, um, like, all Big Five. Everything you could be all. He was, like, you know, 16 and 8, 15 and whatever. Uh, 15 and all, 7, all Big East, seven. all Big
2: Five.
1: Just an absolute, like, could sh- inside out, could shoot, could, like, uh, put the ball on the floor, could post, like, could do everything that you wanted. Tough as nails. The injury, like, yeah, the injury spurred modern Villanova basketball. So, like, I'm not going to complain that much. Um, Sorry, I just got a work text. (laughs) Um, uh, I know um, you're busy. Yeah. I was like, wait, what the hell? Talking about Um, Curtis Sumter, Have (laughs) (laughs) some respect. Yeah, just like he was absolutely great. And honestly, the thing that I think is cool is he went to Bishop Laughlin, which also produced Javon Pinkston. So like, you know, same school kind of thing.
0: Cool vibes. Right.
3: Something cool. Uh, that I, I think I've tweeted about before about Curtis Sumpter. Is, so that recruiting class was Jay's first. Uh, Baker, Dunleavy, Curtis, Frazier, Allen, Ray and Randy Foy. And no each disrespect. of those guys has gotten to serve as sort of the most important person in the program. Uh, Frazier was the only five star in that class, and he kind of was the one who who kept them all together, kind of got the other guys on board. First two years of playing, Sumter was the clear best player in the class. Obviously, the injuries Willie just talked about sort of give him a back seat. I think A-Ray probably stepped up after that and sort of became the best player in that class. Senior year, Randy Foy was a rocket ship, first team All-American. He became the best player in the class. And the nod to Baker Denlevy is apparently he's the one who convinced Jay to switch to trying his zone defense in 2016. And I think a lot of that has to do with why we were kind of able to get over some of those tournament humps. So it's kind of cool each of those guys has had a spotlight um, and they've all clearly stayed friends, and they've all stayed around in some some respect. So Curtis, to me, is a, like kind of a seminal, not about Rushmore program guy, but a,
0: a no,
2: because un- unfortunately, know. like the one of the defining moments came after he was unable to play. Like right. it was, that's he was the the trigger for that avalanche.
0: Can I just bring up a a point about Sumter that that I think is often underrated. But alongside everyone thinks about oh six oh seven, that was a really important year for the program because Jay needed to pro to Jay was improve. on the hot seat. <laughs> no, he was in the hot seat. But after oh four oh five and yeah. 0, and oh five oh six, right? Like the program needed to prove that it could hang, right? Like okay, so you had that great recruiting class that panned out and and made a Sweet Sixteen and an Elite Eight run and and which was everything for the program. Now they leave. And you're handing the keys to the po- of the point guard spot to a freshman, like, okay, how do you tie this all together? Can you get this team, whatever? And there would have been there was rightfully not really high expectations for us that year. Yeah, I, like I think we had built some expectations because hey, we just did the Sweet 16 Elite Eight thing back to back year, so there were some expectations. But like, I think Jay would have been excused for missing the tournament that year, um, totally and he had he had a good recruiting class boiling with the fisher um stokes class going on and peña i think was the other member of that class so and malcolm grant um was also there i think so he had he had that going but like that class would have been that class would have been excused for not making the tournament that year but Nardi and and Sumter
1: and sumter yeah
0: yeah held that held everything together and bridged that culture gap until the next set of guys were mature enough to lead. Like the Cunninghams and Andersons of the world were mature enough to lead. And like, look, like he didn't, Sumter unfortunately missed the sweet 16 elite eight runs because of his injuries. But like, when you talk about, Wheeler, you talked earlier on the podcast about leaving a mark in your final year in the program. Like that was a like, it sounds crazy to say now, but like getting that team to like an eight, nine game, in that year, beating Texas late in that year in the Wells Fargo center. Like th- that was on like Sumter, like obviously Scotty's scoring, but Sumter and Nardi's leadership. And that was, that was like an important moment for the program to prove that, Hey, we could stick.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, not even just to take back to like for anyone who's wasn't aware of that, like that, like th- this team, I didn't really think about this 2006, 2017, very similar ish to the 2018-2019 um, Booth and Pascal team, where it was, like, they, like, they, it was, that was a Booth and pascal like, rollout. Like, Scotty's your Colin of, like, he was younger then, and it was kind of like, all right, this is a guy we can tell is about to be the guy, but, like, he's not ready yet. You go to your two veterans of Nardi and Sumter, and or Eric and, like, uh, Phil, and, like, they had that moment that they finished strong. like And once again, we, this is a team that lost in the 8-9 game but they finished strong. They held the cu- they held the culture together. There was continuity, and they finished in a way, like, once again, I wish Sumter fin- could have finished, like, I wish you could have finished. With the- I wish every Villanova basketball player finished with a title. That's what yeah. I'm for. <laughs> every title from now on,
3: we win. So yeah. Chris talking about the Texas game that was Kevin Durant's freshman year, if anybody yeah. doesn't remember that. Yeah. And I remember looking at the guy yeah. next to me saying, doesn't Texas have a really good freshman? This was really late in the game. He was like, yeah, it's that guy 35 right there. And then a couple weeks after, he said, like, Villanova was his toughest game in college. Because in that particular game, he was not a non-factor, but a very, like, yeah. not important factor.
1: Curtis Sumter held a top 15 player in the NBA in basketball history. Yeah. And he, he, he put him in jail. He was – Durant had a tough day. It was awesome. And Dante it was Cunningham
2: and Sumter. Hope yeah. well, you look good in orange, KD.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> <You> did. D- <laughs> Oh man. That that Dante Cunningham dunk was uh was that was like the original Shaq Fitman play of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so, yeah, I I love I love Curtis and everything. I have like a small little story about Curtis Sumter. Um this is what I was it was score. it was my freshman year uh on campus, so the end of 2006. The basketball season was over, but everyone was still like flying high about the final four run uh, sorry the elite eight run and and the guys were actually out playing basketball in like in between there was a court i don't know if it's still there um there was a court in between like saint monica's and stanford and it's there yeah and there was like like nardi and sumter were on the side but dwayne anderson Bilal ben and (laughs) that's a name from that's a fucking blast from the past dwayne anderson Bilal ben and dante We're all playing basketball and they were going like three on eight versus like, you know, a bunch of like five, six white kids, like and destroying everybody, of course. Um, I walked over because I come I'd come back from class or something like that, and like buddies had texted me saying, like, oh, you gotta come here. This is like unbelievable. And I walk over and I was and I walk up and there's Curtis Sumter standing right there, and he like reaches out his hand and shakes my hand and goes, I, I'm uh, Curtis Sumter, and I'd be like, "Yeah, no fucking shit, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you want me to say? I'm Chris Bollardi. Like, what you... <laughs> what's a fucking response to that? Like, because <laughs> I'm like, a, like a 19 year old kid, just yeah. like, yeah, I know who you are, man. <laughs> but he was like super nice. Um, sorry, I have to do one other funny story about that. This at is one what point the segment's for. Go for at, it. At one point in time, in that in that game. I forget who tossed it to who. It might have been like Bilal Ben to Dwayne Anderson. Uh, Shane Clark might have been involved in this too. I forget. It might have been one of those guys. tossed an alley-oop and just dunked it all, like posterized my buddy. And Dante Cunningham walked over, put his finger on my buddy's forehead, and goes, "He just yo, he just put his beef in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking unbelievable. <laughs> oh, man. So, Yeah. Uh, Good. I'm glad we could end with a laugh. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. Great memories. Great times. Curtis Sumter is currently, I think he's still working with the uh, 76ers as a player development coach. He's been there for a while, survived a few coaching regimes. Um, So must be good if they're keeping him around. I think Reggie Redding's over there with him too, which is kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So, well, um, I think we're going to do the spaces. I, I'm yeah. pretty committed. I'm pretty committed to a space, a ride home. Spaces. I have. I'll be having like an hour and a half in the car.
1: We're either going to burn down some shit, or, <laughs> or like, we we kind of already burned down some stuff. So we're either going to keep burning stuff, or I don't know, laugh about us beating Marquette somehow.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try and get Blue Demon to Jen on the space tomorrow. <laughs> oh man! All right. Um, with that, are, are we all set? Will you want to take us home?
1: I don't remember how we do it. Um, Yeah. Uh, So we'll talk to you all in the spaces. We'll be back next week. Um, And I guess, as Chris says, as always, let's go, Nova.